I just wanted to show everybody the new backdrop. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day. I'm Daniel. This is the Drunk Turkey Show. Big Blue, how you doing, my man? Doing good. I'm doing good. I just want to say your mic's a little low. A little low. A little low. A little low. What about now? That's better. All right. Sounds good, man. Let me know if that it, it needs to be adjusted or changed. Okay. Uh, All right. So it's just going to be me and... Hey, what up, B-Rock? What's going on, man? It's... This one's gonna be just me and me and blue. Unfortunately, Jaime had some kind of like weird growth on the inside of his leg. Uh, they've been it's been described as an anomaly. So the only guy taking that. He'll be back uh, probably either on Wednesday or Friday. So how, how was your weekend, Big Blue? Um, it was. I didn't do much this weekend. Uh, my aunt's still in hospice care, so I pretty much just spent it with family. Uh, going oh, to visit you. them. You know, I uh, just spent as much time with Cam with her while she was still able to. She was still able to verbally talk a little bit. She was getting to a state where, where she couldn't talk no more today and yesterday. So, you know, it's one of those hard things where you just gotta watch somebody pass away. You're just there for the. I was there for my cousins. You know, just try yeah. to, you know, that way, try to keep them a little bit company. No, I hear you, my man. I'm sorry y'all going through this. You know, much prayers to you and your family. And so um, today we got a uh, you know, show you would think that we more, most likely would do like on a Friday night, but we're going to give it to you guys on a Monday. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of UFOs. There was a UFO hearing uh, not too long ago. In fact, we were on the uh, Publicly Buzz channel on Friday night, uh, kind of talking over some of it. Uh, today, what I wanted to do or what we're going to do is kind of go over uh, some of the highlight points and kind of give our our thoughts on on some of the uh, major points in the uh, from the uh, the hearing there. And so without further ado, hopefully it. Uh, uh, you don't see it, do you? Blue on your screen. You're, you're muted. That's popping open my drink. I only see the turkey. <laughs> that is pretty cool though yeah it's fun I, I know what i gotta do i gotta do this every time it sucks it is what it is and it'll hopefully pop up dang oh, dude something's well, going on with Streamyard. so while this is working i'll tell you a story that one of my cousins told me okay all right tell me a story my man well well you know well things sometimes happen and those kind of areas, hospice places there, you know, that's where they take people to pass away. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were um, standing, we're eating dinner the other night by the, the children's playroom. And they had these little square blocks that are stacked up. And we're probably there for four or five hours. And they were, they were like stacked where eh, if somebody pushes them, they'll fall over. But there was no kid in there, and they fell over, man. Like, oh, wow. All four blocks. Like, something, we did feel like the four shake a little bit because somebody dropped something. So I was like, yeah, it's probably that. So then my cousin's like, oh, man, that reminds, that reminds me of, a, of what used to happen. She used to be a teacher and what used to happen at one of the schools that she's teaching. Mm-hmm. She said that when that there was a... There's a little boy that passed away in a car accident, and um, 
they there was rumors that sometimes it would be ghosted in in uh the the school and there was a classroom that the janitor would say at night that that was the first one he cleaned because he didn't want to be there after dark hmm. right? because something always felt eerie in there so she was telling me that there was a kind of studying filling in for that janitor and that she so you know how sometimes teachers they'll bring their kids in when after school and they'll you know have them there so she saw this kid run down the hall she's like oh man one of the teachers has their kids here and they're you know destroying they're, they're making a mess or something i just cleaned that hall i just mopped it right so let me go tell them not to go down the hall because it's wet so she went down there didn't see no footprints didn't see no no child as she turned around she felt something like move behind her and she saw a little kid run into a classroom right but she had already cleared those classrooms so there shouldn't have been anybody there hmm. but then she went um she went to go tell the kid to get out of there and let's go find your mom but when she got to the door the door was locked so she's like that's what i thought i thought i locked all these doors because they locked the doors as they cleaned the rooms right Right. She went in there, and that room was clean. There was toys on the floor, crayons on the floor. She looked everywhere. No, no kid, right? So she got freaked out. But you know, she called the other the security to come check and see if she they found the kid, and the other maintenance guy was working on the other side of the building. They didn't find the kid. Oh, no. uh, they're like man it's pretty crazy so a couple of days later they called her to the office like hey just you know just a, a coincidence uh do, do you, if i show you some pictures can you point the kid out it's like yeah, yeah yeah so they put a stack of pictures out there for her and she pointed out a little boy and that little boy was the one that passed away in a car accident oh snap dude Right, so she said that lady never worked ever again at that school. Never I either, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I wouldn't either, dude. Um, that's insane, dude. When did this happen? Uh, well, this happened up north. Like, and uh, she works up by Dallas. Oh, okay. Man, that's a crazy story, dude. It's a crazy story, but. Well, it seems like I finally got this to work. Let me know if it, if it plays on your end, Blue. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, D-Rock. We'll have to hang out one of these days, and I definitely want to go to one of your shows. I've just been so busy, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Also, guys, um, we're going to be doing a members-only live, I think either Saturday or Sunday. We uh, encourage you, if you're not a member, already be a member or hit a, uh, become a member. It's, in the, uh, it's pinned at the top of the uh, chat there. Uh, mods, if you can put it in there for uh, everybody, um, we're gonna be doing a members only live. We usually have a pretty good time. Sometimes we jam out on those. Uh, yeah. Truly enjoy it. We'll probably do it this weekend. Uh, Blue, let me know if, it, if sound comes out and it's working. Ranking properly. member Garcia, distinguished members of the House Oversight Jeez. Subcommittee on National Security, Representative Burchett and Luna. My name is Ryan Fobbs Graves, and I'm a former F-18 pilot with a decade of service in the U.S. Navy including two deployments in Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Inherent Resolve. 
I have experience advanced UAP firsthand, and I'm here to voice the concerns of more than 30 commercial air crew and military veterans who have confided their similar encounters with me. Today, I would like to highlight three critical issues that demand our action. As we convene here, UAP are in our airspace, but they are grossly underreported. These sightings are not rare or isolated, they are routine. Military aircrew and commercial pilots, trained observers whose lives depend on accurate identification, are frequently witnessing these phenomena. The stigma attached to UAP is real and powerful and challenges national security. It silences commercial pilots who fear professional repercussions, discourages witnesses, and is only compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony. Parts of our government are aware of more about UAP than they let on, but excessive classification practices keep crucial information hidden. Since 2021, all UAP videos are classified as secret or above. This level of secrecy not only impedes our understanding, but fuels speculation and mistrust. In 2014, I was an F-18 Foxtrot pilot in the Navy Fighter Attack Squadron 11, the Red Rippers. And I was stationed at NAS Oceana in Virginia Beach. After upgrades were made to our jet's radar systems, we began detecting unknown objects operating in our airspace. At first, we assumed they were radar errors. But soon, we began to correlate the radar tracks with multiple onboard sensors, including infrared systems, eventually through visual ID. During a training mission in Warning Area Whiskey 72, 10 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach, two F-18 Super Hornets were split by a UAP. The object, described as a dark gray or a black cube inside of a clear sphere, came within 50 feet of the lead aircraft and was estimated. A cube inside of a uh, a sphere? Is that what they described it? That sounds yeah, pretty so, crazy, Big Blue. Yeah. Let's say, how can a cube have good aerodynamics? So it's got to be inside. Do you think that sphere is like a force field? Maybe. It's going to have something to be able to project fast enough to be able to get past those planes. Mm -hmm. so maybe it, it kind of can bend, I guess, bend into a certain shape to, to fly faster. I don't know, man. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's coming out of here. You know, first and foremost, what are your thoughts, like, going into this hearing? So, you know, they're going to have this hearing. They're talking about UAP, UAPs. They're talking about unidentified anonymous phenomenon, uh, you know, possibly alien bodies. Like, what what are your first knee-jerk reactions going into, you know, before hearing all this other testimony that's about to happen? Do you I think mean, it's I real? Wanna, if, if, with all the information they're laying out, I want to see their proof, you know? I'm pretty sure there was cameras on those planes to catch that. Or at least if they were being monitored on on radar, it would show the radar. And if they have, you know, I'm pretty sure that when they, anything they do, they have to take pictures, like whether the camera record mm -hmm. when they're doing autopsies on those, uh, they do have those kind of alien bodies. So I want to see if they have pictures and stuff. Then I'll believe them more. Well, supposedly there's that one. There's a supposed alien interview that was um, from the 90s that's supposedly coming out that was real or whatever. But it's I struggle to believe that it's true. One, it's like in a low, dark lit area, right? And there's no sound, and you can just see its head moving back and forth. It looks like a puppet, and it looks yeah. like it's in a low, dark area, low, dim area because. You know, to hide some of the, the puppeteering or whatever the case may be, right? And yeah. then, well, according to leaked information, right, this uh, being was uh, 
being interrogated or whatever, and it, it, it communicated te- telepathically. And at some point, it just started to freak out. And then you saw these um, medical personnel come in in scrubs, and uh, they started tending it. But all they're wearing is literally like not even the M95 mask. It's like the one you got from the gas station um, for the, <laughs> for a doctor's office. You know, it's a, it's the paper one. Yeah. Paper mask. Um, one of those like, you know, what you would expect from 1990s uh, hairnet style. But it was more made out of like a, like if you were going into a delivery room. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 like just gloves and they had scrubs on that were like short sleeves so like arms like like their forearm was like touching the head of his being yeah uh, I, I found it to be bs yeah because i mean you don't know what uh diseases or what um kind of things are carrying on their body you know what i mean so you don't really want to touch them 100 percent. you know I mean, not just that like they come from they're aliens right let's just let's just go with that right if they're coming from a planet what's the likelihood that the makeup of that planet's atmosphere you know air everything is matches up to to our planet yeah it's not you know what i mean the the likelihood is uh, astron astronomical now um I know I screwed that word up. I'm sure I'll get a bunch of crap in the comment section, but it is what it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a very slim chance that that's the possibility, right? And so I, I find it very difficult to believe that an intelligent being is going to come over here, you know, without some kind of protective suit or, or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just be out there all willy-nilly. Well, it's like us, like, like you see, when we go out of space, we have to have a suit, and that we we perish. You know, uh, you think the same with them. Well, I mean, how many, how many movies? I know we can't compare the movies, but I mean, there's some real science in movies where you know somebody takes a helmet off and they think, "Oh man, we can breathe the air. It's cool." But they don't understand that the bacteria and everything in the air may not be the same, and since we have we would have no antibodies or immunities to any foreign bacteria from a different planet. It muffled up a little bit, but it takes a second to clear up most of the time. You know, I've gone back and listened to it. It doesn't do it on that end. Let me know in the comment section. Does my shit there stuff? Uh, we have a uh, $2 super chat from Gypsy Girl. Do you, you guys watch The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch? Is that with uh, Green Street? If it is, I've seen some of it. I haven't seen it all. I'm super skeptical on a bunch of things, including Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, I I think it was like Joe Rogan. He went out there. And that never happened. Oh, man, it does not look like of a gun. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it now. I'm not sure when it does a playback. Maybe it gets fixed. But um, I have not seen the Skinwalker Ranch specials on Netflix or... I think it's on it's on YouTube. If it's oh, the YouTube? ones with Green Street, yeah, I'll send. I think I've sent them to you, Blue. It, it shows. Am I am I still muffled, Blue? No, you're good. You're good. All right, cool, cool. All right. And so let's continue with the this guy's testimony. Major Reeves, feet in diameter. Mission commander terminated the flight immediately and returned base. 
our squadron submitted a safety report, but there was no official acknowledgement of the incident and no further mechanism to report the sightings. Soon, these encounters became so frequent that aircrew would discuss the risk of UAP as part of their regular pre-flight briefs. Recognizing the need for action and answers, I founded Americans for Safe Aerospace. The organization has since become a haven for UAP witnesses who were previously unspoken due to the absence of a safe intake process. More than 30 witnesses have come forward and almost 5,000 Americans have joined us in the fight for transparency at safearospace.org. The majority of witnesses are commercial pilots at majority major airlines. Often, they are veterans with decades of flying experience. Pilots are reporting UAP at altitudes that appear above them at 40,000 feet, potentially in low Earth orbit or in the gray zone below the Kármán line making inexplainable maneuvers like right-hand turns and retrograde orbits or J-hooks. Sometimes these reports are reoccurring, with numerous recent sightings north of Hawaii and in the North Atlantic. Other veterans are also coming forward to us regarding UAP encounters in our airspace and oceans. The most compelling involve observations of UAP by multiple witnesses and sensor systems. I believe these accounts are only scratching the surface and more will share their experiences once it is safe to do so. In closing, I recognize the skepticism surrounding this topic. If everyone could see the sensor and video data I witnessed, our national conversation would change. I urge us to put aside stigma and address the security and safety issue this topic represents. If UAP are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem. If it is something else, it is an issue for science. In either case, unidentified objects are concerned for flight safety. The American people deserve to know what is happening in our skies. It is long overdue. All right, we've got a question for you, my man. So if let's just say this is real. What are some reasons that you would speculate as to why the government would want to hide this information from us, the American people? I want to say because we, they, as a society with the American people, we're really sheltered. And I think it puts some people in a panic and they don't want people to be put in a panic. I mean, I, I know for sure we are sheltered because just by the news and what the news blocks and what the news doesn't show us. Uh -huh. You know, I, 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 I talk, like I said, I've talked to a really high producer in one of the news stations and I was telling them, hey man, something really big happened in Mexico a couple of weeks ago and I didn't see it on any of y'all's networks. They told me, oh, we got the video. But we, we were not allowed to show it by the whatever regulation that we get uh, that, that regulates the TVs and what the American public can see because they don't think that we can handle it uh, or and they and a lot of them don't want to get fined so they don't show a lot of the videos you know so so you, you know for me I think there's more to it man if it's real, let's just say it is real. I think like you have some people in very high places who don't want to lose control over certain things. All right. Like, like the oil industry being one. All right. So um, the electric companies, right? The electric grid. Let's just say that there was energy. I think there's this big, like Nikola Tesla had often come out about um, talking, referencing, um, about free energy, right? And being able to pull power from the air and things of that nature. And there's been so some talk about how that could be possibly possible, right? Uh, let's just say that there there is that possibility, there is that power that can be done like that. And if Bob Lazar is true, or what he's saying is accurate, he described, um, you know, 
things that didn't make any sense when it came to the uh, laws of thermodynamic um, rules, right? Where it came like, like for instance, the heat and uh, that the craft would produce power, conduct power, but would not produce heat, which was impossible, right? Well, anyways, you know, those things are real. Then that can make, you know, automobiles, gas-powered engines, electrical things all obsolete. Right. And there's a lot of people who maybe perhaps are in powerful positions who wouldn't want that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's like the theory that's out there. And this is a, a theory that a lot of people have. One of the only people to ever, I guess, not only, but he made a, you know, an engine that worked on water, you know, was it hydro? I can't remember how they called it, but. He ended up getting killed in a, in a mass shooting suddenly after he was trying to work on trying to sell his his uh, diagrams to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that that's true. I know what you're talking about. It was a guy that supposedly created like a a vehicle that could run on water or something like that. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna pull out real quick, Blue. I'm gonna check something out on my internet part. I think that's what might be going on with causing the muffle stuff, and I'll be okay. right back. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Let me say I want to thank you uh, for having this hearing, and I want to thank Mr. Burchett, Miss Luna, for leading this hearing. And with that, I yield my five minutes to Mr. Burchett. Check this. I believe to um, Mr. Grush, but if any of you all feel like you need to jump in, just jump right in. We're good. Um, has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? Uh, I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis- discussed publicly uh, previously, 1930s. Okay. Can you give me the names and titles of the people with direct first-hand knowledge uh, and access to some of this crash retrieval, some of these crash re- so let's go. Uh, did you did you hear that correctly, Big Blue? Did he say that they got they were he's aware uh, of crashes happening since the 1930s? I thought he said 70s, but he might have said 30s. Let's play this back. Right? <clears throat> Direct this, I believe, to um, Mr. Grush. But if any of you all feel like you need to jump in, just jump right in. We're good. Um, has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis- discussed publicly uh, previously, 1930s. So it wasn't a crash or anything. It was um, they were aware of alien activity, basically, or activity of non-human origin, which yes. is is interesting because that opens up discussion. It could be uh, something like interdimensional or future past yeah. what do you think um yeah i think like more like maybe they found out um you know they found some stuff out about how the pyramids there's a lot of theories that, that the pyramids are built by aliens you know what I mean? mm-hmm. and that there's no way that we had stuff back then that could be able to build those kind of structures so uh, my theory is that uh, maybe they they um, they found out some stuff and they, they they still keep a lot of secrets from us. I mean I, I stay up watching a lot of shows and go back and forth of 
what's real and what's not. Hmm. Let me just say, uh, yes, unfortunately, he oh, passed yeah. away today. Hugh Herman, yes. Um, here's here's a crazy thing that I thought of. Maybe I'll make it into a movie or a book. Um, what if it's so? There's been theories of like perhaps maybe the possibility of an advanced civilization, you know, thousands of years ago, right? And maybe perhaps um, something catastrophic, catastrophic happened, right, to that civilization. Let's just say that were true, right? And the civilization uh, managed to um, create a propulsion device or, or a craft that could travel at, at or near or past the speed of light, right? And uh, they decided to go test this out or whatever, and they built the craft and put it out in space and took off, right? And then they came back. Now, to them, only maybe a couple of years have passed by. But because they're traveling at the speed of light, you know, it's uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, right? So um, because they're traveling at the, near the speed of light or past it, time travels different for them essentially they yeah. would travel into the future thousands maybe tens of thousands of years into the future and what if it's them coming back dun, dun, dun. yeah I mean, it could be it could they be wanna, future they want to retake they want to retake the planet maybe they're here to warn us about something and we just keep uh they just keep missing the landing and destroying their vehicles yeah, it's insane, man. That doesn't explain, like, okay, like when he was talking earlier about the 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 the, the cube shaped and then the spear around it. Um, it didn't make no contact with him. It was just observing them. So I don't know. With all the technology we have these days, and we're actually seeing them more now. Why haven't they made any contact yet? Maybe they have. I mean, do you think that they would be able to understand our our, our government, our language, and sense of being? I don't know, man. They're, they're, they're smart enough to make vehicles way faster than what we can make. Mm -hmm. Most of them are undetectable, but we do find them sometimes. So I don't know. Well, I mean... It could be like this. What what if they are telepathic, right? And they don't have the uh, the the ability to hear anything, right? And and so they they can't hear our language. They they might be able to figure out our writings, but similar to like us and like dolphins, right? We we have technology and capabilities. And there's whales and dolphins that use this uh, sonographic the communication, sonar. you know, and sonar type of stuff. Uh, but we can't figure out what they're saying to each other or any of those things. We can't understand yeah. the frequency. So maybe, I mean, but I would think they would, it would, it would be possible, you know, especially something that advanced would come up with something to, to figure us out. Uh, do you think that they would comply with um, our wishes? Like, for instance, if we discovered, and you were in charge of a committee, if we discovered a planet where their uh, their species was 
there's advanced species there, but they weren't quite as advanced as us. And um, they had their own wishes to remain, but they wanted you to be remained a secret. Would you? Would you listen to them? Uh, probably not. <laughs> He'd be like, "Screw you! I'm gonna go tell everybody about myself." That's all right here. I might get my 15 minutes of fame <laughs> on another planet that nobody <laughs> knows either. <laughs> oh man, that's funny, big blue. So, but that seriously, like, if you were on a committee and you you got word that this civilization's like, all right, we'll we'll do business with you, we we'll work with you. We want to, you know, have some sort of communication and friendly contact. But we want to remain. Um, we want you guys to be a secret to the to the public. I mean, I, I think that that would, you know, in the in the best interest of peace and sovereignty and things like that. Yeah, I think it. I think it's plausible. Yeah. Yeah, you were muffled for a little bit, but it cleared up. So that's why everything you were muffled. Yeah. <clears throat> it cleared up already. I'm gonna get a see. I don't know if it's my internet. Or if it's my my focus right, or if it's StreamYard, because it's not happening to you, so it's definitely got to be something on my end. So it's either my internet, which I have that little internet sign at the top corner of my uh, of my computer. Okay. So I'm not sure if I have maybe too many devices on or something. I'm gonna, I don't know. Internet's been acting up. Ah, oh, Steeler fan says it sounds fine. All right. Yeah, it got better now. All right. Well, let's continue listening to this. Okay. Can you give me the names and titles of the people with direct firsthand knowledge uh, and access to some of this crash retrieval, some of these crash retrieval programs, and maybe which facilities, military bases that would the recovered material would be in? And I know a lot of Congress talk about we're going to go to Area 51, and you know, and there's nothing there anymore anyway. It's just you know, and we move like a glacier. As soon as we announce it, I'm sure the moving vans would pull up. But please. Uh, I can't discuss that publicly, but I did provide that information both to the Intel committees and the Inspector General. And we could get that in the SCIF if we were allowed to get in a SCIF with you. Would that be probably what you would think? Sure, if you had the appropriate yeah. accesses, yeah. Uh, what special access programs cover this information, and how is it possible that they have evaded oversight for so long? Uh, I do know the names. Once again, I can't discuss that publicly and, and how they've evaded oversight. I, in a closed setting, I can tell you the specific tradecraft used. All right. When, when do you think those programs began and who authorized them? I do know a lot of that information, but that's something I can't discuss publicly. Because since all right, if any of y'all want to jump in on any of this, you're more than welcome to. Um, what level of security clearance is required to fully access these programs? Well, anybody who has, uh, and, I, and I say that oh. because myself, um, Representative Gates and Representative Luna were mm -hmm. basically turned away at one point mm -hmm. at Eglin. So please go right ahead. So how do you? What do you? What are your thoughts there, Big Blue? That certain members of Congress are being turned away. Um, even though they may have certain security clearance, what does yeah. that say about the government? What do you think? They, they don't have military clearance for everything, so I, I'm pretty sure there's only a few people on that list that they're going to want on there. Right. No, but this, these are the people that we, uh, you know, as people, um, you know, our right are to elect these people as um, our voice and representatives of the people. Shouldn't they be aware of certain things if it's in our better interest, especially of public safety? Like, I think they should, but I think the way they used to work, man, like the military and 
and you know the people that on the hill as they call it they don't get along so they're not gonna want their group to go into their their place like not every military member can go into on in, into the private meetings that they have right so you know it's just the way it's just the way it is it's two separate parts of the government right yeah but i mean no you're right but i mean even the guy that or gal you know if, if it ever were to happen uh, in the near future but president of the united states right uh, the that that person's it's been rumored in certain cases isn't being briefed on certain things when it comes to UAPs or UFOs. Yeah. You know, that's the uh, you know person that's supposed to be responsible for pushing the big red button if we ever need to, right? Don't you think that he or she should have you know knowledge of everything before making those type of decisions? Yeah, I think. I think that's one person that should should get that type of information. But then also, I mean, it, uh, you might give uh, Uncle Joe every secret in the book, and he might just give it away for free right now. So I don't know if you want to. <laughs> he ain't giving it away for free, my man. He's, there's, there's like several million reasons why it's not free. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Uh, certainly, difference between member access and say somebody like me, but anybody who has a you know, TSSCI clearance and meets the eligibility criteria, the access adjudicative authority should be able to grant you access. So, yeah. uh, Ms. Virtue, if you'll yield, so just to be put a fine point on that, there's nothing that you're aware of that's above special access program classification. Hold on, I saw something I wanted to point out. So, just to be, dude, look at George Knapp. He's like squished between these two dudes. <laughs> like, 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 I, I would, my my arm would be on somebody's lap because I'd be so nice <laughs> there, man. <laughs> like, like Jeremy Corbell can easily, like, you know, at least kind of close his legs a little bit or some, or or scoot a little bit over to the side. Yeah. But no, he's like, he's like staring down deep into whoever's talking. Right? He's like, he's like, I'm making a movie about you, right? Like. like <laughs> Man, this is hilarious. And so you have George Knapp, who looks very uncomfortable right here, dude. I mean, I got a uh, <laughs> that's funny. I got a um, I got a bad back, dude. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think I could sit like this for very long. I think uh, this hearing was like two hours, <laughs> which we're, we're not going to go over all two hours of, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that's. That's George Knapp. All right, let's continue. I just wanted to point this. I saw this image. I'm like, dude, this, like this look right here from from Jeremy Corbell, like he's just ready to like, like if looks could kill, right? All right, let's you continue. should cut it out and make a meme, man. You you'll make you'll you'll make a badass meme with it, right? Shoot, I might. Do you remember when they all made a meme of Bernie Sanders? Somebody <laughs> yeah. needs to somebody needs to cut out George Knapp like this. <laughs> Uh, all right, man, let's continue. Put a fine point on that. There's nothing that you're aware of that's above special access program classification. It, it's a misnomer that there's anything actually above top secret. Executive Order 13526 delineates the classification levels. Right. And, but I, I draw a point on that because we can have access to, to those programs. And so the notion that we're not being given that access 
sort of defies our typical muscle memory here in Congress. Thank you, Mr. Burchard. I'll yield back to you. Thank you, Mr. Gates. Um, along those lines, Title 10, you may not know this or not, but uh, Title 10 and Title 50 authorization, uh, they, they seem to say they're inefficient. It, so who gets to decide this, in your opinion, in the past? Uh, it's a group of career uh, senior executive officials. Okay. Are they government officials? Both or in and out. Do what? Both in and out of government. And that's about as far as I, I got can you. go there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that leads to my next question. Which private corporations are directly involved in this program? How much taxpayer money has been invested in these programs, to your knowledge? I mean, we know we, know we, we audit the Pentagon every year, and I've been here five years, and they failed the dadgum thing every year. They uh, lose over a billion dollars a year, we think, and I was told the Department of Defense, maybe 60% of their assets are unaccounted for, whatever the heck that means. In the public sector, you go to jail for that kind of crap. So tell me. Yeah, I know when I, um, I'm a dollar off of my DTS travel voucher, I get hammered, but it uh, seems like it doesn't work the other if you way. Sell right. over yeah. six, if you sell over $600 worth of stuff on eBay, now you get a call from the IRS. So please, what corporation? Yeah, I don't know the specific metrics towards the end of your question. Uh, the specific corporations I did provide uh, to the committees in specific divisions. And uh, I spent 11 and a half hours with both Intel committees. So. Okay, has there been any, has there been an active U.S. government disinformation campaign to deny the existence of unidentified aerial phenomena? And if so, why? I can't go beyond what I've already espoused publicly about that. Well, wasn't Project Blue Book supposed to be a, a uh, disinformation type of thing that they told the uh, the doctors that were uh, that Doctor Heimerman, I think, is what his name was. Uh, to fake it and I, he would fake it and then eventually thank you jane c with your 499 super sticker and he would fake it and then he became a believer or something like that did you ever hear that no i don't remember that story hmm. i oh. do have it slightly sped up by the way <laughs> yeah we have a sped up so it won't be taking forever yeah we don't want to sit here forever but you know we got the we got the subtitles for everybody but I, I think this one's the end of that one right, let's see what uh what was said to to your favorite congresswoman from your favorite congresswoman, Big Blue. Chairman, and thank you to our witnesses for coming here today. Um, I do concur with the ranking member as well as several other members here on this committee that uh, this is a committee for whistleblowers and for the protection of whistleblowers as well. So we understand uh, what you're putting um, on the table here and we're putting on the line here and we thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Grush, you sat on the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon Task Force created in the 2020 NDA. I'm afraid to speed her up because that might be too fast. I'm gonna leave her at normal speed. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, no, she gets like a lot of questions in too. So I'm gonna leave her at normal speed because th that might be too quick. Yeah, correct. Yes. Uh, there have been some things that uh, that have been mentioned here during this hearing that I wanted to pick up on. Um, Mr. Graves, you mentioned specifically during the answers to one of your questions, you named Boeing contractors um, being engaged in an incident regarding this red cube about a football. Um, a football field wide. I was wondering if Ooh, red cube, a football field wide. Yeah, like, all right. Let's 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 put some context behind this this real quick, Big Blue. Do you think that that is carrying 
a lot of occupants or is it carrying a few occupants that are fairly large what if it's um Yeah, I would say probably carrying a lot more than just one person. But I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke, but I'll just, <laughs> I'll just keep my keep my opinion to myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, big boo. So, but seriously, like, like, all right. So, what if, what if, like, there's thirty foot people in there, right? Then it's what not, if it was a woman alien and she just couldn't decide on what gown she wanted to bring to Earth or she brought. She had to rent the, <laughs> the bigger SUV so she could bring all her gowns. So it's like a celebrity. I, I had to let it out. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So let's just say that it's not some sort of like gigantic being and it's, you know, uh, average. And we'll claim that average is anywhere between three foot to like eight foot, right? Yeah. Anything above like that's probably. Uh, ginormous right and so well we'll go up to 10 foot right that's that's about the average bigfoot it's over 10 foot then that wouldn't be average that's what we consider i guess average for aliens if it's the size of a football field you you would consider there'd be a sizable crew what do you think they would be doing coming over here with that type of people or that amount of people i'm sorry i don't know man what if they're dropping them off all over the place and uh, they're just like having uh, them observe us like all over the world. What are they collecting us? That could be too. There's always people going missing, and they always say, um, "Just came, just vanished overnight." Well, I've been saying, dude. Like, and I and I brought this up on publicly buzz. So I was like, "What if?" I mean, you know, we, we may not be ready for this this conversation. What if we're like some sort of agricultural project, right? Like cows don't know that they're cows that are being raised for for food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know what the average, and I asked this to the guys in public buzz. I'll ask this to you, Big Blue. But if, if you had a choice of being a, a feral cow or bull, a feral bull out there on the uh, on your own, living a hunt and uh, do everything for your food, find grass wherever you may, or whatever the case may be, run away from poachers, the whole nine yards, uh, and your lifespan be the same, around the same as if you were to have been second option on some sort of farm where you were fed heavily and lived like a king. But at the end of your life, you're going to be somebody's food. To me, I'd be the bull. But which boys you the one out in the feral and the yeah. <laughs> uh, just because you wouldn't. So even if your if your lifespan was the same, right? The only difference is that you're in one situation you're going to die probably starving or or eaten by another animal, and the other one is eaten by by uh, your intention was though to be eaten by humans or aliens or whatever the case may be yeah. it's pretty weird it's a pretty weird scenario right when you think about it yeah what if we're just one uh, on we're just uh, their little pets on their on their little in their little cage world and they just come pick us up when they're hungry 
the other thing is too what if it's like what if we're so there's that simulation theory right the matrix what if it's that's true and those are just like editors or something i don't know man <laughs> like for instance um because there's been some yeah. weird stuff right like like for instance have you ever seen those videos of like those birds that are stuck in the air yeah like they, they're flying but they're not flapping they're just stuck there yeah because there's like a wind gust going upwards like uh, so you think you figured it out? You think you can figure it out, Blue? Well, supposedly they're saying that there's like an upwind and then there's like two winds hitting together and it's causing a draft going up and that's why they just open their wings and stay up there. All right. Well, what about the airplanes that don't move, Blue? That, I don't know. I have never heard <laughs> of an airplane stop. You've never, you've never seen videos of an airplane stuck in the air? Uh, I haven't seen the video yet. Uh, I'm gonna send you some. I'm gonna send you some. I've seen them. I've seen them. I've personally seen it, but I think it's because it's an illusion of, of movement. You know, I was in a car when I saw it. The vehicle was moving, and so it's probably just some sort of weird illusion. Yeah. The other one I was going to ask you if you saw that video I sent you. The one about I want to see it was in the Philippines, and it looked like there was oh like, the lightning. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, dude. I don't know if it's real. That's pretty those that don't know what I'm talking about, there was this like storm, and it, it was in some other country, and it was off the coast of uh, possibly the Philippines. It was at night, and there was an electrical storm, and uh, a piece of uh, lightning struck something in the clouds uh, as lightning went, and whatever it struck started to move around erratically through the clouds. But it looked super fake to me. Yeah, it looked weird. Man. All right, well, let's listen to your favorite congresswoman. <laughs> if you could speak a little bit about the interaction, or Mr. Grush, either of you, the interactions between defense contractor companies and any UAP-related programs or activities. Only because she's wearing that my color blue. About, uh, What's that, Blue? Only because she's wearing my color. <laughs> <laughs> she is wearing blue. Yeah. So I'll just say that the information about uh, the contractor himself were provided by a witness, and I have no particular Understood. detail in that relationship. Mr. Grish. Uh, the kind of general unclass wave tops, uh, certainly the contractors, you know, are the metal benders, so to speak, mm -hmm. the ones actually uh, doing specific uh, performance on government contracts. Are they required um, to issue any disclosure regarding UAP sightings, or do they engage in any uh, reporting around this uh, in terms of the contractors yes. not that i'm aware of they do not okay now when it comes to notification that you had mentioned about um irap pro irad programs we have seen uh, defense contractors abuse uh, their contracts before through this committee um i have seen it personally um, and i have also seen the notification requirements to congress abused um i am wondering one of the loopholes that we see in the law is that there is, at least from my vantage point, is that depending on what we're seeing is that there are no actual definitions or requirements for notification. Are there, what methods of notification did you observe? Like when they say they notified Congress, how did they do that? Do you have insight into that? 
uh, for certain IRAD activities, uh, the, uh, I can only think of ones conventional in nature. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they th uh, flow through certain, how to say, SAP programs that have cognizant authority over uh, the Air Force or something. And those are congressionally reported compartments. But IRAD is literally internal to the contractor. Mm -hmm. So as long as it's money, either profits, private investment, et cetera, and they to, can do whatever they want. To put a finer yeah. point on it, when there is a requirement for any agency or company to notify, or any agency to notify Congress, do they contact the chairman of a committee? Do they get them on the phone specifically? Is this through an email to hypothetically dead email box? Uh, have, have you noticed a gangster sitting next to her? <laughs> he probably has cancer, man. I'm being an ass, but. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know, dude, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and a bandana, they just threw me off. Like, why is this guy wearing a black bandana? You know, like. Yeah, I think that's a blue bandana, my man. Blue. Uh, it's more darker in her dress. I thought it was black. <laughs> the crypt. The crypt at, at, at the. Oh, uh, yeah. It's because they're going to talk about the Tupac case after this. <laughs> oh, blue, you're freaking hilarious. <laughs> Did you know it's the case? I tell you, man, they're just thugs up there. All they want is our money. They are thugs, man. That's that's when you know that Congress is thugs. I mean, <laughs> that is a bandana, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's probably for some reason, dude. That we're making fun of it, son. That's what I'm saying. He's probably he probably has cancer or something. No, or, I don't I don't think or, he has that. Man. I don't maybe he's keeping his that. bald head warm or something. His bald head is cold or something. Mm -hmm. man. And I don't know why. Yeah, like somebody says he has cancer. I think they say, well, why why not wear a, a comb over like I do when my hair gets long? You know, not a bandana. <laughs> You're crazy, man. Uh, a lot of it comes through what they call the PPR, periodic program review process. Mm -hmm. If it's a, you know, a SAP or controlled access program equity, and then those go to the specific committees, whether it be the SAS, CASC. Thank you. Um, I apologize. I, I just, my time is limited. Um, it, Mr. Graves, one of your main concerns is that the FAA currently does not have an official process to receive reports of UAP from pilots or others, correct? Correct. And um, in your experience, what data should the Aero program prioritize for potential collection? We have, you know, location, date, time, but are there other specific uh, characteristics that should be included in these reports? Certainly. Uh, I think that there's two categories that would be important. Uh, one would be kinematics and understanding the specifics of how the vehicle or objects are moving. Uh, and the second would be a more zoomed out approach of being able to uh, look at origin and destination uh, after or before the incident, as well as getting a better contextual understanding of how these uh, these objects are interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Now, I, because I only have a minute left, I apologize, we only have five minutes today, but um, for the record, if you were me, where would you look? Titles, programs, departments, regions, if you could just name anything. Um, and I, I put that as an open question to the three of you. I'd be happy to give you that in a closed environment. I can tell you specifically. Thank you. Um, Commander Fravor? I would say, and I've told people that you, you have to know where to look. They're not going to divulge it to you because of the classification levels. But if you know where to look and who to talk to, which is exactly where Mr. Grush can point you, then you, then you have them. Okay. Mr. Grace? I was an operator, so I was depending on folks like Mr. Grush to do that homework. Okay. Thank you very much. I yield back to the chair. So what do you, what do you think about her statements, Big Blue? Uh, well, first of all, I, I do apologize for making fun of the guy for having cancer, but... Uh, that's what I figured. It's either cancer or he's just bald and wanted to keep his bald, 
you know, head warm. But that guy's bald and doesn't have anything on his head, so that's why it's weird to me. But um, I don't know, man. The original. I, know, I thought it was pretty interesting. The, the the, you know, she talked a lot about like where some of these things can be found. You know, some of the conversations that have been put out there is that, you know, you just need to know how and what to look for and have certain security clearance, and it's possible. Don't you think that if that were true, that, you know, some of these like fully, you know, guys and gals that go out there and pull Freedom of Information Act type of stuff would have found a lot of this? Well, I think a lot of it's not going to be in servers. A lot of it's not going to be in the, in the in the computer system written down or anything. It's going to be like locked up, maybe in some private servers or just locked up in some secret base somewhere that we don't know. I mean, you know that there's so many like private government buildings all over the all over the United States. The building next to you, you might think, oh, it's just. It's an abandoned building, but somebody always goes in through the other side, and there's always cars parked. They must use it as a warehouse, and it could be a CIA building. That happens, man. Like I know for sure. Like there's one building where I used to work at. I always, I always thought, man, that looks like it's, it's weird that it has those kind of you know, pop up pillars that if you ran, the gate it would pop up. And every window's got a bar, like thick bars on every window. And then it's like, it's got to be like a, there's no sign of what it is. It doesn't say what, if it's a private company, you know, everybody has their stuff on there. And then uh, when they were doing a special report on things, it came out that it was an FBI building. You know, so there's a lot of buildings out there. And then I remember one of my buddies told me at one of the other places, like, yeah, we see a lot of government vehicles because, you know, you can tell a government vehicle between all the other ones. He's like, oh, yeah, I, um, I used to work there. He used to do, a, he used to do, he used to know how to speak uh, Arabic. And he uh-huh. used to go there for the CIA and do translations. Gotcha. Like, and it was just a regular building in the shopping center. He wouldn't even be able to so, tell. So you don't think that there's, like... A paper drill out there electronically? Not electronically, because I mean, unless they went back and backlogged everything, which they probably would, because a lot of that stuff was there before computers I mean, that they found. You know? uh, yeah, well, they're going back to the 30s for sure. Yeah, for sure. So right, let's listen to. Let me see how many more of these I got. I got this one. Uh, one, two, three, three more. All right, let's do this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and good morning to our witnesses who are testifying today. I want to thank each of you for being here to discuss a topic of grave importance to our national Earlier this year, a Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the coast of my home state of South Carolina. Since the Roswell incident in 1947, many Americans have wondered about the dangers of unknown objects crisscrossing our skies. Whether these are UAPs or weather phenomena, advanced technology from American allied or enemy forces or something more, out of this world. So my first question, I have several questions and I'll, I, if we can just be quick on these first two, I'm gonna ask 
each of you the same question, um, and then I'll get to each of you individually. Uh, the first one, when you reported your experiences with a UAP, did any of you face any repercussions with your superiors, yes or no? No. No. I've actually never seen anything personally, believe it or not. So, so this dude who's bringing up all this information and stuff has never seen anything. Look at, look at George Knapp again. They should, they should cut him out and put him waiting next to the bench with Forrest Gump, bro, on the bench waiting for the bus. That'd be hilarious, man. Look at, look at Dr. Evil next to him. was looking at him like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> That's Xavier X right there next to him. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Like, like, there's nobody there. He can just scoot over a little bit. All right, let's, so he's never seen anything, right? Never seen or heard anything. All right. Um, and then do do you believe there's an active disinformation campaign within our government to deny existence of UAPs? Yes or no? I don't have an answer to that. As previously stated publicly, yes. I think previously with like Project Blue Book, yes, but currently I don't speak for the United States government. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have a few questions for Mr. Graves. Um, what percentage of UAP sightings in your belief go unreported by our pilots? This is an approximation based off of my personal experience speaking with a number of pilots, but I would estimate we're somewhere near 5% reporting perhaps. So like 95% basically don't report seeing UAPs. That's just my personal estimate. Wouldn't that mean there's like a crap ton of shit in our skies that we're not, that are being seen but not reported, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was that one sphere I saw a long time ago. Uh, we I recorded a little bit of it, but I couldn't find the video. It was on my other phone. No, I get it, man. I mean, I've seen some weird shit too, but like, you know, if if if, if it's if this is some sort of alien beings or whatever, right, from a different planet, don't you think that there would be, um, you know, and they're coming at this, you know, this often, and by in the quantities that we're assuming based on the size of their crafts. Don't you think that'd be public information by now? I think it's starting to happen more with all the, you know, everybody recording cameras everywhere. We're starting to catch capture more than what, what, uh, what they let out. So I'm pretty sure now that's why they're releasing everything because it's like they can't hide it no more. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or somebody would see something, they would tell a local newspaper, and then somebody come down and shut it down and say, oh, no, it's fake. It was a snap. And now it's like, oh, we have 100 videos of the same thing throughout the sky. We can't shut everybody down. They can't yeah. control TikTok, no, you know, because it was owned by the Japanese, Chinese, right? Chinese said we can't stop those videos from going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the government don't want it out because they can't control it. Can't control the narrative. Yeah. Oh, let's continue. Um, in the incident off Virginia Beach, do you believe the Navy took the danger to your aircraft seriously after it was reported? Absolutely. Um, a few questions for Mr. Favor. As an expert naval aviator, have you ever seen an object that looked and moved like the Tic Tac UAP? No. Did the Tic Tac UAP move in such a way that defied the laws of physics? The way we understand them, yes. Many dismissed. But he's not a, I don't think he's a, a physics guy. He's not a physics person or scientist. He's a pilot. Yeah. 
So, so so I don't understand that question. I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's like me asking you, Blue, like, um, you know, about about an open heart surgery. Like, would you would you be able to tell me that? Like, <laughs> like anything about that procedure? <laughs> no. All I know is you get hooked up to an IV and you go night night and then you wake up. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's uh we, we need to get JLR on this. You know, for me, it's just like you know, you're asking a pilot about physics. I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, a pilot would know some sort of means of propulsion and understand, you know, based on their experience of aircraft mechanics and and, and aircraft that they've seen, you know, being operated in. You know, in real life, in the air, that maybe perhaps, uh, you know, his, his his testimony is there. But I would like to see a, an actual person, a scientist, come out. Well, what if what if the, it's like this? What if the ships that we saw, the the, the big one that was the size of a football field, what if it eventually is going to be a transporter ship, and they were just testing to see if it would enter the atmosphere, right? Uh, what if they're they're going to resettle? And this statement would make sense, you know, alien driving through our neighborhood, they locked their doors because their planet's going to die and they need to find a place to resettle. Maybe maybe there won't be a war, but maybe they just eventually say, hey, we're parking our stuff here and we're taking, we need some place to stay. All right. Well, how many, how many do you think would come? Because you can't, you can't remove an entire planet. No. I don't know. Just the uh, the select few, and you you would know that the ones that are coming are the billionaire assholes. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the neighborhood people that you know the normal you know everyday person that's coming on these planes or in these on these crafts. Maybe the the first ones that came through were like the Titan X expedition owners, you know. Maybe man, maybe, but maybe I think it's more going to be like. Back. It's gonna be fucking music moguls and shit like that from a different planet, like uh, <laughs> um, you know, Planet X's version of Beyonce and Jay Z or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's gonna be the Kim Kardashians of the of the, of the world, you know, or I mean, the galaxy. All right, so let's continue. So it, des- it defied the laws of physics, and this non-physics scientist is explaining that, explaining it the way we understand them. Yes. Many dismiss UAP reports as classified weapons testing by our own government, but in your experience as a pilot, does our government typically test advanced weapon systems right next to multi-million dollar jets without informing our pilots? No, we have test ranges for that. But if you wanted to get an understanding of your full capability in a uh, in a situation, right, you're going to do things in a, in a couple of controlled scenarios. Like, for instance, in Fravor's scenario, it was a training exercise. And I believe it was off the East Coast near Skunk Works, Lockheed Martin, where they are. Lockheed Martin is basically an aerospace experimental engineer place. They do weapons and aircrafts and whole nine yards, right? To our knowledge, they work, you know, um, they work. They're basically one of the contractors for the government under uh, top secret stuff. I mean, if you were going to go out there and you wanted to see what your vehicles were capable of and you wanted to control it but you also wanted to get a real life feel for what um they can do 
you're going to want people in a real life scenario, right? And so you go out there without these pilots aware of it. Now, you don't want one of these pilots to shoot at your very expensive experimental craft. So you go out there when you know they don't have um, weapons on board. And a big piece of information, in my opinion, that also goes along with doc with Doctor, with uh, Pilot Fravor here, is that he stated that at one point the Tic Tac disappeared and then showed up at his next point of reference that he was supposed to show up at. So indicating that the, web the, the craft was aware of where uh, was Fravor was going to go. Right. How, how would they know that? Unless they already hacked the system and had, had the flight plan. But he didn't even know where his next point of interest was until they told him. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it tells me that somebody very up high was aware of everything and planned this. Just my opinion. It took over 15 years for your encounter with the Tic Tac to be declassified. Do you feel there was a good reason to prevent lawmakers from having access to this footage? No, I just think it was ignored when it happened and it just sat somewhere in a file. Never got recorded. It, it happens a lot up here. <laughs> Shocker. Um, Mr. Gresh, uh, a couple of questions for you too, sir, this morning. Um, what percentage of UAPs do you feel are adequately investigated by the U.S. government? Of the 5% that are reported. <laughs> um, I can only speak for uh, my personal leadership over at NGA. I tried to look at every report that came through that I could mm -hmm. triage. So. Do you believe that officials at the highest levels of our national security apparatus have unlawfully withheld information from Congress and subverted uh, our oversight authority? There are certain elected leaders that had more information that I'm not sure what they've shared with certain gang of eight members or et cetera, but uh, certainly uh, I would not be surprised. Okay. You've stated that the government is in possession of potentially non-human spacecraft. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligence extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay. So if the answer was no, I think you'd say no. Yeah. Right. So let's let's run that back a little bit. I want to hear the question again. Do you believe our government has made contact with intelligence extraterrestrial? Now, what is determined contact? Is a conversation contact or is merely like a wave back considered contact? What do you think, Big Blue? I think it to her it might be like a conversation, like we sent them a message. Right, right. So like um like, um, you think it's a message. Now, there was the wow signal back in the 70s, right? Where, like, they had the, uh, it's like SETI or whatever, search for intelligent life outside of whatever, right? And they had those big old satellites pointed out into space, and they had a signal that appeared to be uh, of extraterrestrial origin. Would that be considered contact? Maybe if we received a signal from another galaxy, even though we didn't understand it, it may not even have been meant for us. So that probably is a form of contact. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So I want, I'm just curious as, because it's, it's super vague, right? Like it's very vague in my opinion. No, let's continue. 
something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> if you believe we have crashed craft uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came to some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um. So we have the pilots from the pants. Yeah. So it begs the question, right? If if these crafts are piloted, is it because they are not technologically advanced enough to have, you know, an un biological person piloted the you know craft like unmanned craft is what we would call them here you can't call them unmanned because they're unalien craft i don't know what you would call yeah, it uh, non-human would be ai to them that's true too non-human could be ai and so but a biological being is what he mentioned right so if 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 these species felt comfortable of sending um, craft that were piloted by their own beings, well, that tells me they're comfortable coming here. Don't you think? Yeah, because, uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, we haven't got into um, a shootout or any, like, we haven't shot any down that I know of, and they might have shot some down. So they still don't see that we're, they don't probably don't think we're an advanced species where we actually can be a threat. So Mike makes a pretty good um, point. He goes, but humans make AI. But AI would, so if we created, let's just say we did discover AI, do you think that even if we did discover AI, that that's something that the government or whoever discovered it or created it, um, would that be disclosed to us? I don't think so, yeah. Right, and like real AI, I'm talking about consciousness, right? And then and the ability to learn and, um, and, 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 and perhaps maybe if it was able to learn and adapt and do those things, maybe perhaps AI is what came up with the, uh, the answer to the equation, right, of of how to make dark matter which then could be you know then it could also then create the answer to a craft that can contain it and use it to propel or create gravity waves to propel through time and space right yeah would you consider a craft or machine or or any of those things that was made from ai had no human um anything involved in it it was completely made out of the thought of ai would that would that be considered non-human origin i would say yeah if it's being controlled by that uh, control composed i mean well, everything about it like from the propulsion the way it works the whole nine yards had no human inspiration had no human touch had no human thought it was all right. They created a, a real AI, a conscious being inside of uh, of a computer with the ability to learn, and uh, you know, without the uh, the capacity or the limitations of us human beings of our brain, right? Like we we can only learn so much. Memory only holds so much. Then we forget yeah. things of that nature, right? You know, um, something that is not made 
you know, well, then that you has get, those capabilities or Now you're getting but, to the theory that now you're getting to the theory that a lot of people are bringing up is that the, the Terminator with somebody's Skynet is an early early showing of what can happen to us in the future. Well, I mean, if you create some kind of consciousness that thinks that human beings should, are are the cause of, uh, for instance, let's just say, um, the planet has been. There's accusations there that the planet is going through global warming and and a bunch of things. Whether you believe it or not, um, you know, if artificial intelligence believes that human the human race is responsible for some sort of decay or 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 whatever of the planet maybe perhaps it would want to eliminate and see you know human beings as some sort of virus or bacteria you know what i mean i mean that or maybe they're here also like say there's also a theory that they're they're also here to like help us maybe not destroy our planet and they're like maybe talking to certain people that you know can stop certain things from being made they would probably destroy the this planet so i don't know if, if the terminator started with air alien materials or not but I, if i remember correctly which it was somewhat of a paradox I thought they yeah. used the arm of the robot from the future um, to create some of the technology, which tells me like how how do you, you know if that if that technology wasn't created or whatever for it to go in the past? You know what I mean? It's some sort of paradox in my opinion. You get what I'm saying, Mike? Like, like yeah. it. it if that technology never went into the past, it was never created. It was never created. How could it be created? How could it go to the past? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So that, that was my understanding. But, you know, wouldn't it be crazy, man, if AI was real, like, in the future and it became so advanced that it, it created something biological? Yeah. I But I think the reason why a lot of people are theorizing that they're doing this is to be a cover-up or be a distraction of what right might be really happening so well look at and we talked about that happening out there true true there's 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 ukraine there's you know the threat of there's what i believe a cold war going on right now you know um i mean you we have... just we just armed taiwan again uh-huh just and you have the, a lot of artillery. Then you have all the controversy coming controversy coming out of the White House. Yeah. So like yeah, there's a lot there that maybe perhaps they're trying to get us to look away. And we also talked about this on, on publicly buzz. Is this a uh, precursor to maybe perhaps New World Order, life without borders, or world without borders? You know, Reagan, President Reagan once said that, you know, maybe perhaps a threat from uh, something outside of our galaxy could unite us. Let's continue this real quick. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? 
the specific documentation I would have to talk to you and skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have. But who in the government, either what agency, sub agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I yield back. Interesting. So non-human. Um, uh, right, now, we've already talked about the Tic Tac. Let's go over this one. Real quick. Uh, thanks. I'm Ms. Luna. Mr. Grush, uh, in speaking to you yesterday, um, I just wanted to follow up on Representative Raskin's questions. In the last couple of years, have you had incidences that have caused you to be in fear for your life for addressing these issues? Yes, personally. Yeah. I just want everyone to note that he's coming forward in fear of his life to put in perspective if they were really not scared about this information coming out, why would someone be intimidated like that? All right. So I, I do want to emphasize this. I want to ask you this, Blue. In fact, we're probably going to call it a show since we're over the hour range and you got to go to work. Um, Grush, life threatened, career threatened. Fravor, no, nothing. The other guy, nothing. Do, do, do you find that weird, Big Blue? Yeah. I mean, you would think all three of them would be like, oh, man, our careers were destroyed. We can't get find work no more. Nobody wants to to like hire us because they can't keep those secrets. How are they going to keep their company secrets that they work for? So, yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, that's that's exactly where I was thinking at and going with it. It's just like, you know, he hasn't seen anything personally himself. He's only spoken to other people that have. Supposedly, there was six whistleblowers. Only three came forward. Apparently, the claim is that some uh, got scared from the uh, the hearing and they didn't want to come forward anymore. Uh, things like that. So, yeah, yeah, you know, there, there's that possibility. Um, I want to remind everybody. So on Wednesday, we're going to get back into the Coburger conversation. We're going to have Dr. J, a.k.a. O. Wells off of TikTok. On the show, she is a licensed and board-certified medical internist. I think I said that right. Big Blue, you know what that is, right? Yeah. What, what, what is that? Uh, well, they do want to... Um, they treat more like... I want to say elderly patients who have more severe illnesses that... Chronic illnesses, I would say they would call it. Mm-hmm. I was sending you a text that we forgot to mention the sponsor. Which one? Data. Oh, yeah, yeah. Data seal. Data seal. We, if you guys are concerned about your privacy, whether it's your personal name, information, like your name, phone number, address, phone, phone number on the interweb, your religious preference, your voting preference, check out Data Seal. They have an excellent uh, team that goes out there and scrubs all that information off the interwebs. Uh, protect yourself from 
you know, um, stalkers or people that are trying to dox you. You get a 5% discount with the link in the description on the replay. It's in the comment section. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to have um, O. Wells on, a.k.a. Dr. J. She, she's had some interesting things to say about, you know, the corner and things like that and referencing uh, some of the things the corner had stated early on. We're going to get her medical professional um opinion on some of the things that the coroner had stated early on and uh and whatnot so that's going to be on wednesday and we have another guest that we're working on coming on on friday so you don't want to miss it hit that like button hit that subscribe button and so uh will you got any final words no man everybody just take care tonight drive safe out there you know like i said uh earlier um just keep you know all your family and just uh, your thoughts you'll have fun tonight 100 keep your eyes open keep appeal to the sky if you guys see anything and you guys film it send it to our email drunk turkey show at gmail.com we'll air it we'll put it out there uh we'd love to get you guys's opinion and feedback don't forget this weekend we're also going to do a members only live um that will be only a conversation between us and our members so if you're we highly encourage you to to hit that member uh, link um, if you want to help promote uh, donate to the show or, or promote the show. Um, please do so by Cash App or whatever. We also have the. Uh, I'm gonna finish it like this with our our raffle on on the quilt. So without further ado, see y'all later. Peace. This is our little Frenchie Nelson. Nelson was the runt of his uh, litter, and unfortunately. He was diagnosed with IVDD, which resulted in him losing the ability to move his rear legs. Now, we were left with a couple of options, one being put Nelson down or two, go through a costly uh, surgery, which wasn't guaranteed to work. We gave Nelson that chance and we went through the surgery. And fortunately, today he can walk and, and he's not 100%, but he's getting there you know, through rehab and continual rehab. We think he made. Those bills are extensive and continuous. In efforts to lower that financial strain, we've decided to do a raffle. This raffle is going to be of a 4 by 3 handmade quilt. This quilt was actually made by my mother-in-law. And so, high quality. I uh, think you'll love it. It's a rescue-themed quilt. So how do you enter? There is a $5 entry to get into the raffle. All entries will be through Cash App dollar sign drunk turkey show to enter in the description make sure you put your shipping address and your name if you want to put in multiple you can do so you can send in for instance 25 and also put in the description five entries the raffle will be on august 28th the winner will be chosen at random by a uh, wheel selector don't need to be present on the live good luck thank you